This is episode 78 of Cooldown Time, a weekly show about gaming's best and bootiest. I'm your technical mess of a host, Pablo, and joining me is my co-host, the graphically impressive Marco. Marco, how are you doing on this glorious weekend? It's been a, this on the weekend. It's been a it's been a busy one, man. I'll tell you what, this beer tastes phenomenal. Um, it is soothing my soul as we speak. I mm. almost poured it into a wine glass because uh, I didn't get oh. a chance to run the dishes yet but i didn't want to i don't want to be too bougie for you today so i just i'm, I'm gonna keep it simple <laughs> keep it in the can as they say but uh going pretty yeah. well man it's going all right just a busy week with a lot of work stuff coming up and uh my pops is going to be in town pretty soon so i'm getting ready for him to be uh hanging out with me for a couple days at, at my crib and uh we're planning on uh, you know going out doing drugs drive-bys strippers hookers mm -hmm. skanks and scallywags uh usual fare for my family um yeah so yeah doing pretty good uh what's Hopefully going on with you in some uh nba live 95 oh, somewhere between the no, yeah. oh yeah a little bit of that yeah we might drugs. we might i don't want i don't want him to yeah my dad dude he's that guy where he can not know anything about games then pick up a controller and decimate me and then just yeah. cackle i hate I, I i love my father but i hate my father also you know it's a complicated <laughs> relationship <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I grew up in a home where I was allowed to play games, uh, but my dad or mother, nobody really played games. So, But every time my dad would pick up the, 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 the controls to play Ken Griffey Jr.'s winning run, why he would smash me up. And I'm like, I don't understand. You don't even know what you're doing. Yeah. And it was it was frustrating because I, I uh, fancied myself one of the greats in uh, King of Jesus winning run and that just wasn't true I yeah. lied to myself I'm a goddamn liar who was who was um, more strict in your your between your parents about video games was it your mom or dad it was you know you know it was my mom my mom was strict about everything uh, um, yeah I got my that my dad feeling. was just yeah my dad well yeah I know you know my dad was just the guy that would be like whatever your mom says uh, but here's the thing yeah. um, about that uh, you know I grew up in a very strict home a religious home mm. and I was not allowed to watch a lot of movies TV shows but for whatever reason video games fell under the radar it just didn't it wasn't in their purview it wasn't the thing that they talked about it wasn't the thing that apparently the devil was interested in now <laughs> so uh, you know so it's just one of those things that fell under the radar and I was I was in, man. It was my it was my one thing that I can, you know, go nuts on and them not say anything about it. Like I couldn't watch The Simpsons, but I can short play Killer Instinct. Really? Gold. You couldn't watch uh, The yeah. Simpsons, dude? What was no. their what was their logic behind that? I, I think their logic behind that was more or less an adult. That 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 was a show for adults. Really? Because yeah. uh, and also there was another portion of it and I remember now that Bart Simpson was just a bad example oh, of yeah. a yeah. of a son or whatever or of a kid and so uh he was a wild so there boy. was no yeah. yeah, there was no um evilness attached to that. Mm. That was more or less just uh bad kids being bad and being <laughs> horrified for it. But anyway, I, I put the while uh people were watching the scissors, I was playing Killer Instinct Gold, just ripping uh people <laughs> to shreds because wow. that's okay. That's anyway for, Killer Instinct is for the kids, man. Everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah. That that's right. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Uh but you know, this is the video game podcast, and we're gonna keep on talking about video games here. Cause this week's episode, we, we have a we have a fun one today. Uh, we're gonna talk about which games we're most hype about in 2023, and also concerned about. Mm -hmm. uh, big news about Starfield, Elden Ring, and Gotham Knights. Not all good. 
just so kind of, you know, set the tone there. Uh, our fresh impressions of Scorn, which we played a little bit of. And we got much, much more. But before we begin, Marco is going to go ahead and tell you how to support our show. Yeah, if you like cool downtime, give our show a sub. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, even our official website at uh, cooldowntime.com. And if you're feeling extra cool, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at It's Cool Down Time uh, to keep us in your FOV in between episodes. So with that uh, out of the way, Pablo, I think it's time to go ahead and kick off the show. So I'm going to kick it back to you to do just that. Well, let's get right into it. And let's talk about the games we're playing with our segment, Loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right, Marco, we have a new game. Another game that we talked about last week and something new that you got for yourself. Why don't we start with that thing? The the, that the thing. thing you bought for yourself. That thing. Yes. Yeah, and so... I talking about your booty. <laughs> yes, I got a BBL <laughs> the other day. Uh, I'm, I'm, rec- <laughs> I'm recording this laying on my stomach right now. How's that for a visual? <laughs> <laughs> man, that's gonna be juicy. Oh man, it is. Um, it's leaking right now. Uh, I gotta. Ooh. So every year, I Why usually nasty. <laughs> I treat myself every year to uh, one splurge, one big splurge a year. Last year, I got a laptop. Uh, this year, I went a little bit. I went a little bit harder in the paint, and uh, I decided to go <laughs> ahead and upgrade my TV situation to an LG C2. Um, now, if you um, are, are somewhat no. aware. What, what's up? That's a that, that's a television, that, not a back injury, right? It, is, it sure is. It is not my vertebrae okay. right now. Uh, okay. No. Right. Um, so this is a, a pretty well-known uh, gaming-centric TV uh, that I've been you know watching for for quite a while, and uh, I saw it on sale. Finally decided to bite the bullet and pick it up, and um, I have to say it's been a pretty big um, revelation in terms of like revisiting old games that I've played with HDR and just kind of seeing it with with the OLED um you know aspect to it and it's it's been a, a pretty much a game changer i mean kind of literally like the 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 details and the pop of like HDR and the brightness and the fidelity and and just the crispiness of the visuals is just miles better than my previous TV which i had calibrated and everything um to you know be extremely accurate and and even this blows it out of the water with almost no effort at all so it was quite a expensive purchase for me um but you know it's been well worth it and i've been literally re-downloading all kinds of games that i've played over the years just to see how much of a transformation it is into the oled uh you know style of of hdr and it's it is a huge difference maker so for any of you that are on the fence about you know kind of graduating you know in terms of like your tv setup uh and wondering about oleds and if they're worth the hype i definitely have to say they are um but i would say regardless of the tv you have um and this is more of a psa and I don't want to drag this out too long because it's going to sound a little boring to some of you, but um, <laughs> your picture settings are, are half the battle of how your games look. Um, a a yeah. lot of people set up their TVs to be just like nuclear colors because they want everything to pop and be like super radiant and, and you know, like that. But it's not really like the accurate way that a lot of these developers intend for their games to look. So um, if I were you guys, if you have a, a relatively new TV, I would go to a website called uh, Ratings, but it's RTINGS.com. So they took out the A in Ratings. But if you go there and look up your TV's um, model, normally they'll provide pictures settings that are like 
well calibrated and will bring out the best and most accurate picture for your TV. And that's a really good place to start, if, especially if you're on a budget and you can't, you know, level up um, to a, a bigger or uh, more like modern TV. That is a really good step to take to have uh, a really accurate picture for your game. Um, but yeah, overall, I love this TV. It's been great. I, I've not had remarkably any buyer's remorse. And if any mm. of you have looked into getting a, an OLED TV, but you were afraid of like burn-in issues or things like that, uh, a lot has changed and they've come a long way to kind of negate a lot of those uh, pitfalls yeah. now. So, uh, it, it, you, and this should be familiar to people who have heard of like the OLED switch model that came out recently. And just that difference between the two is it is very real. And so I have to say it does kind of live, live up to the hype as a skeptic uh, myself. So uh, yeah. enjoying think, it. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the biggest hurdles when it comes to calibrating a TV or a PC monitor is brightness. Uh, people always kind of want to blow it out, man. Go up. Yeah. Blow it out. And you, you honestly, you, when you look at some rate, when you look at, when you look at that website and you look at some of the settings for brightness, you're like, really? This is 40, so dark. 45? I can barely, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. But it, it, believe me, it's, it's, um, it may not be the best for everything like movies or anything like right. that, but for your video game experience, for sure. And a lot of those TVs also have kind of like, uh, settings like one, two, and three, where you can actually calibrate each setting exactly. to the right. specific need. And, uh, you know, not enough people use that. I, I have a, I, I, I game on a uh, monitor and I have three different settings for each of my consoles even though they obviously are the same in a lot of ways specifically ps5 and xbox series x there's some differences right. here and there that i always i not one size does not fit all and it comes to uh to it comes to, to to you know calibrating your, your monitor yeah, or television 100%. yeah but i mean that's great marco i know last year i don't know if this was your splurge but i think last year you went all retro uh, oh yeah i did i did that too that's right yeah. i forgot about that yeah i went and bought a ps2 and an old crt tv that i found yeah. on facebook some old trailer trash lady had it with, with and she didn't have no bra on. She just pulled up <laughs> with the dingly dangs out there for everybody to see. Um, and we were in a pretty nice neighborhood too. And we, when we, you know, made the deal and she just came out there and it was nippy out there. Let's just say that. Uh, but the oh, TV was, care, was worth it. It was pretty expensive though, but yeah, it was worth it. So it, it's funny how, how that one year later you're, you're future proofing yourself. So you're, a little bit. if you had any questions about Marco's gaming uh, tastes or habits, just know they're all over the place. I don't in play. In a good way. I don't play. Yeah, he don't play. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about some actual games. Brand new release. Uh, the much, I'm not going to say anticipated, but talked about yeah. Xbox exclusive, uh, or at least console exclusive for now. I don't know the terms of the deal itself, but I know it's on Game Pass. Uh, and that's the little game called Scorn, a.k.a. the penis game, mm. which is the game that everything looks uh, like. Everything uh, looks scorny. You know yeah, what I mean? Oh, <laughs> and I quit. I quit officially is my last All day. All right, welcome. No, well, but, I'm renaming um, the podcast to the Scorn Star <laughs> Podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, man. What? The puns keep on coming. Get it? Oh. Uh, anyway, listen. Um, I uh, let, Let's go ahead and, Marco, why don't you, uh, I know you just talked about TV, but you you had the most time with Scorn, I think. Uh, I don't know I about only that, got the, man. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> oh, I played about an hour. I played um, less than that. Um, okay, so. Yeah. It's weird, man. Let's kick us off anyway. Yeah, it's it's a weird one because um, this game is is extremely niche, and I'm sure you can agree. Um, you know, jumping yeah. into oh, yeah. it right away, it does not tell you anything. 
It's just like go in there and figure it out. And I didn't really do a lot of looking into what Scorn was, and there wasn't a lot of information about the game prior to release anyway. Uh, it wasn't until very uh, close to the release where we got like the first eight minutes videos on and, and stuff like right. that. And I'm like, oh, this is actually really slow and very puzzle driven. And that ended up being pretty much the case of from what I played of the full game. Um, very puzzle centric, very obscure. You know, they just kind of drop you in a place and you go and you figure it out. And mm. I didn't figure it out. I, I, <laughs> I walked in and I walked around this, this weird, you know, veiny looking, um, construct for lack of a better term. Cause I don't even know where, where I was. And all you find are these weird contraptions that you can put your hands in and they kind of suck your fingers and then it turns into this like, you know, uh, device that you can move objects around and, and do these puzzles. But there's really no rhyme or reason or objective that I was able to extract from the experience at all. So I found myself for about, and the reason why I said I, I haven't played as much as you is because for about 30, 45 minutes or so, I was literally just wandering around and trying out these little different things that were stationed around that did absolutely nothing because it was like missing yeah. something. I don't even know. So I um, I don't really have much of a problem with the game. It's just that the brand of niche and obscurity that it's going for doesn't appeal to me at all. It is literally, here you go. Go in there and do the puzzles and figure out yeah. what's going on. Um, I will say the game looks good. I think the yeah. art style, even though we joke about the penis stuff and the veiny stuff, it is yeah. a really good looking game. The problem, though, Pablo, is that it looks really repetitive everywhere. And I, I every room and, and area looks identical to me. So I had a really hard yeah. time figuring out where I was after a while. I think that's part of the whole uh, Geiger design of art uh, mm -hmm. of artwork, because it, it, it's it's definitely trying to... Uh, Basically, if you guys seen Prometheus or Alien movie, uh, that Prometheus is a movie in the Alien franchise. It kind of looks like th that when they go into those tombs and they find it's literally that. That's what the design is. Um, I found the first 30, 40 minutes exactly. Um, I found it the way you did in in that sense. But after a while, um, something start coming clicking into place a little bit, and I think the the aimlessness, which doesn't really go away, at least from so much that I played, is more or less the kind of um, it's very atmospheric, and a lot of the gameplay, or at least what they're going for, is about you in a place that is unknown to you and kind of just walking around. Like, I, I've never found myself to completely be stuck in terms of, like, I don't know where to go. You can just keep walking down corridors and just keep keep on getting lost. Eventually, you find what you need to find, and it, and it becomes a little more clear. Uh, but it, there, there's definitely just trying to... Um, they're trying to use the ambiance of their artwork and kind of just have you play in it, sit in it for a long time, almost kind of admire it to the point where it's like, okay, what, what, what's happening? Mm -hmm. um, I think that um, a lot of the reviews are going really hard on the combat. Um, it's not a game that is a first-person shooter. Um, it's not a game that its main focus is combat. However, if you do have it in your game, it is going to be criticized because it's part of the gameplay loop. And unfortunately, I haven't really gone too far into the whole combat portions of it, but I can tell you right now the game is an absolute kind of like it's weird it's it's kind of pretty in its own way uh, it runs really well runs really well yep. it looks really clean uh but unfortunately i think it's just it's it's too a uh, 
obtuse. It's too obscure for me. Mm-hmm. I think that whatever it's trying to do, I think some people will find will be fascinated by it. I think a lot of people will, fi- will find the the uneasiness of living or being in that world as interesting as playing the game. And all power to those people because I think that's that I think that's exactly what this game wants to be. And I do feel a lot of reviews, unfortunately, kind of missed the mark in terms of like what exactly they were trying to do as opposed as to what was deciphered or interpreted in terms of gameplay design but that's neither here nor there because these games are always going to be it's hard to review games like this yeah it's divisive they're so it's so niche like marco had mentioned and it's so different from anything you've really played that it's kind of hard to kind of wrap your head around it i i i would say and this is not a dig at xbox but if xbox had a better track record with these kind of games that this would be a really cool addition to that but unfortunately because it is just another game in their Game Pass repertoire that is kind of like Meandering. you don't know what to make of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah really that too. It just kind of gets to a point where it's like, man, they're they they really got to start picking it up. Like it, it keeps it, it makes their future games even that much more important uh, going forward. Because if these little games were to come out uh, and were like nines out of tens or something like that, or just these amazing little pickups, then that's a really cool thing uh, to have. But it, the fact that it's so niche and it's another niche product in their game pass that is exclusive to them. Uh, it just feels, it just feels like they're, they're not making the right choices here. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think Scorn is a bad game at, at all. Yeah, I, just I don't think either. It is yeah. more of an experiment than an actual video game right now. I might still kind of mess around with it just to kind of, uh, understand it a little bit more. I'm not trying to finish it or anything like that, but I just kind of want to be like, I wonder exactly where this goes next. But other than that, it's not really a game that uh, I could even recommend to people. But hey, if you like, uh, G- was it J- JJ? Was it HH uh, Geiger, Geiger? Sorry, I just HH uh, Greg. Did- I don't know. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the rental place. Uh, if you like that art style, if you like kind of. Uh, Games that are just mostly like uh, environmental puzzles, and that's kind of your bag. Yeah, this is definitely check. There's, this there's an audience for this kind of game for sure. People that play mm-hmm. what was that game, The Witness or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is kind of this might be in their bag, yeah. but I don't know about the the casual gamer. This is probably going to turn you off in the first thirty yeah. minutes or so. But not a bad yeah. game. And then, yeah, no, no, no. And and, and it's kind of like it's kind of like um, it's interestingly grotesque. You know, because everything right. is gross. Uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah, that, that's that's one of the new games that we're playing. Um, all leading up to probably, uh, what's it? What's what's next? Coming uh, up? A Plague Tale is coming up. A Plague Tale and, coming uh, out next week, and one other game too, actually. And it's slipping past me. Let me pull. Oh well, Gotham Knights is coming soon. Mar- oh, that's Mario right. Gotham- Rabbids is coming soon. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next Rabbids, couple weeks Gotham is gonna be pretty Knights. busy. Bayonetta, Call of Duty. Yeah. Yeah, we're going Here in. We go. So. Yeah. Uh, so I think after this week, we're probably going to be talking a lot more games in our, our loadouts. But we do have another game that we're, we want to kind of touch up again uh, since we talked about it yes, uh, last time. We've got a lot more time into it. I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, Marco, I'm interested to see what, how he falls, even though I, we've had a little bit of conversation while actually playing the game as to how we feel about the game. And that's uh, Overwatch 2. Um, you know... A lot of what's been going on with the launch stuff. Do you want to talk about that or? Yeah, I mean, we covered a lot of that last in the last episode, yeah. so I don't want to retread too much of it. But um, you know, it it kind of you know bounced back and forth between being in a good place and then a bad place again, and then we lost characters because there were some bugs, and it, then they apparently you know like reverted back to an old build, which caused all the original problems to come back again. So it was a lot of like 
ups and downs for the you know the time period um you know after we recorded uh last episode and it you know it it's it's kind of um I don't know if this is officially dead horse status, but I think it's just unfortunate that, you know, the game came out that way and it's, yeah. it's just infuriating that it, it showed up in that kind of shape and, and really even now is still feeling a little rickety, um, you know, but yeah. they're trying to get back on track uh, one step at a time, I guess. And, um, you know, just hopefully for the community uh, that's there, which, you know, it seems to be a success. So I think 25 million players uh, so I had far. That 25 million. Yeah. In, that's in the first 10 days. Hey, played. It, it, something's going right for have for having that kind of, um, you know, crowd jump in the game, but keeping them is going to be a different story. Well, let me, yeah. Let me see. Cause I, I think um, overall, my thoughts about Overwatch 2, I'm a lot more positive than you, I think. Yeah. I, I feel, I, 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 I tweeted this about, you can say Overwatch 2 feels a lot like Overwatch 1. You can say Overwatch 2 is not a big upgrade to, to what 1 did. And I think, and, and you can also say Overwatch 2 is great, because I think all those things are true. I, I think when you look at exactly what Overwatch 2 is doing, it's, it's not doing much different in terms of a general idea of what Overwatch 1 did. Now, when you get down to the nitty gritty of it and kind of the meta of the game, there are there are massive differences, Not but not enough to where you, a 2 would, would make the game, you know, would make that the, the, the difference. Like, a part 2 is like, oh, it's a whole brand new game it's not that but i am really enjoying the game i, I like the new meta I, I like everything that overwatch 2 is doing and i think it's fr it's kept it fresh enough to where i'm back into it uh again never going to be like it was when it first came out mm -hmm. but i'm really enjoying my time with it i i play it every night at, at least one game i try to play with marco uh but sometimes i have to get on a little late so i try to get one game in before going to bed and i'm really enjoying it i love everything that they've done with the new kind of map setups and the stuff that they ta they've taken away uh, my characters that I play, I, I you know, I, I think whatever they did, the reworks that were done and the balances were done with them worked really well. I, I love everything that they're doing right now. Um, it, it's just it's just more Overwatch, but I, I mean, come on, that's one of our favorite games of all time. So, um, yeah, I don't really have too much to say other than uh, I'm enjoying my time with it. I think that uh, it's going to be a game that I keep on my rotation for a little while. It really depends what Call of Duty uh, ends up being, uh, and it's a game that I'm I'm happy it exists. Uh, I'm happy that it's better in in terms of its connectivity, though. Like Marco said, there's still some times where you're like, hey, what's what's happening here? That queue for um, waiting for a match. Yeah. Is, oh man. Oof. Yeah, you know what? The playing Overwatch one before it it, it, it was taken out. Um, it, it was bad then too because of the role specific uh, queue. Uh, and I don't, I don't, and and them taking the tank down and and uh, to one and being five. The queues are so long because honestly, tank is a meta. If you want to play, you want to just play tank. That's kind of like what most people are, are having the most fun playing uh because of, of of all the boost and all the buffs that the game that uh class has got but man i i'm really enjoying my time with overwatch too and i obviously with the caveat that will it stick around in, in within my uh within my rotation well that's yet to be seen i i can't say confidently that it will because at the end of the day uh for all the differences and all the new things that the game uh brings it does still feel like Overwatch, down to the same maps in in some areas. Maybe they turn one map to to Twilight today tonight. Uh, but as it stands, um, I don't know if this is more because of what Overwatch Two has done, or more because of what Overwatch just is. I'm really enjoying my time with it. Marco, how about you? Yeah, I'm more of the latter. I think any enjoyment that I've gotten out of Overwatch Two is not necessarily 
exclusive to what Overwatch 2 is doing. I think that it's just the the formula of Overwatch still does something mm-hmm. for me. Um, but overall, I find a lot of the changes personally, um, you know, uh, a bit messier than than the Overwatch I remembered. In particular, I think the game is way more aggressive and offensive minded yeah. than it was in its old iteration. Right. So, as a healer, um, it is borderline exhausting and i'm not saying that to be dramatic it is an exhausting experience to have to play as a mercy main and healing people because everybody is getting you know basically decimated and (laughs) people are dropping like flies so the amount of thinking and brain work that i have to do because you got to think like i'm i'm trying to you know look at who's on my team how much health i know they have and constantly thinking okay i gotta go check on this one i gotta go look at this person i gotta see how they're doing and you with with the more offensive focus, that thought process is like tripled. So I feel like I'm almost overheating mentally, trying to remember to check on people, heal them, go dart over to them, and try to evade because you know it's it's so offensive minded that I'm now a target more than I used to be in the first game. So it it's one of those experiences where in Overwatch One I can play that all day all night, you know, and we did that. We were you know four or five hours at a time, like just stopping to eat and we get right back on. This for yeah. me is more like. I can probably play about four or five matches and then my brain is like completely shut down. And I'm just like, I can tell I'm just like looking at my TV, but I'm not looking at my TV kind of thing. And I'm just like spacing out. And that's usually when I say, this is my last one, (laughs) you know? Yeah. yeah, So um, I just think that that aggressive pace is something that I'd like to see. Um, I'd like to see what they do with that in the future. I don't mind that it's more offensive. I just think that right now, um, especially with a lot of new players, they're playing it in a certain That's, style that is very aggressive. And I think that this game maybe allows a little bit more of that than it should. So I, I hope they dial it back a couple of ticks. It could still be offensive. Just kind of figure out ways to tone it back a little bit so that there's more ebb and flow to the matches. And it's not just a kill-a-thon. And I think yeah, I might I, be more able to enjoy it. I think the problem here is the skill gap between experienced Overwatch players and new Overwatch players. And, yeah. and what I mean by that is, if you're if you're a, if you're a diva uh, and you have 600 health and your bullet damage has increased and you're basically able to fly around the map, push people quite literally around and 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 and, yeah. and do stuff to where like you're, you're protecting your team, but also up in front. If you run into an experienced diva that can do that. And then you're playing as a Genji or any kind of DPS main, and and you're just rushing. You're getting you're getting completely destroyed. Like there's, like uh, it's only five teams now, so team kills are a lot more prevalent and happen quite often. Or at the very least, one guy sticking around and four people are dying, and it takes a while to get back to the objective, so on and so forth. A lot of that stuff has to do a lot with just the fact that the skill gap is so so new still to some players that they are not playing. And I, and I hate, and I'm not gatekeeping. I'm not saying they're not playing the right way. There is a way to play the game. There is objectives. There are things that you have to do in order to win the game. So in that way, some players are not playing the objective. They're just playing a uh, team deathmatch, which is weird because there's also a team deathmatch component that you can actually go to. Yeah. So it's it, it's it's one of those things where I think any kind of sweaty multiplayer game, uh, KD uh, is king in, in a lot of those scenarios, though shouldn't be the case here. I think eventually it'll kind of uh, just kind of level out a little bit and, and we'll be able to, to kind of jump in there and, and really get behind the objective and really, uh, you know, really play. Because there's times where you and me playing, it's like me at the objective and it's just you and I sitting there and everybody else is like 
out yeah, doing stuff gone. like trying yeah. to get kills yeah, it's crazy so but yeah i mean you know, you got two guys here who played this game quite a bit and just sound like we're gatekeeping and complaining <laughs> about it but i mean it's just it is what it is i mean we, we know we like the game for, we like the game because how much it's not like hey, Call of Duty you can play however you want i'm just not gonna heal you yeah that's all <laughs> but also it's it's like we like these games because they're rewarding in different ways it's not about the death you know mm-hmm. like it's not about kills you get eliminations by just eliminating someone even if you only did like two percent i get assists from like, healing you know, people while they're firing at somebody so yeah yeah, yeah. so it, it's not really about that but uh you know it'll level out people will learn uh people will, will step away from the game and eventually i think we'll be right back to where we were um couple of years ago mm-hmm. but uh we'll see how we are if we if it's a game that we kind of want to stick around with uh mark do you have anything else you want to kind of uh, add to that at all no no i mean it, it'll be a game that i'll pop in and out of as time goes on I'll, it, it's one of those games that i'll keep installed it's like the splatoon 3 effect where uh, i i'll have That's my right. initial what my, my initial wave of like obsession and then it's just something i circle back to a couple times a year every year kind of like what you used to do with smash brothers like it's just that game you yeah. you, you check back with constantly so yeah yeah that'll be or, what it is or, for um, me and that's that's more than enough or siege yeah yeah siege too yeah 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 i don't think with these games especially siege and, and even overwatch specifically if it catches as good oof man it's lightning a in a bottle that. yeah it's beautiful yeah. yeah yeah well uh like i said next week and beyond it's kind of go season in the loadout section so get ready to talk about new games our impressions of um uh, and um, hopefully uh, you listen to that as well. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next point, which this week was a little slower than usual when it comes to news, but we managed to to get some stuff for our new segment, Hit Points, which starts right now. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. All right, Marco, we got three news items to talk about today. Why don't you go ahead and kick us off here? Uh, what do you got? Yeah, so our boy Todd Howard. Uh, from Bethesda, has revealed some new information about Starfield in a recent developer video. Uh, At over 250,000 lines of dialogue, Starfield will feature, quote, classic Bethesda-style dialogue, end quote, along with a point-based persuasion system that lets players convince NPCs to do their bidding. Plus, Starfield's character trait system, which is a system that provides positive and negative effects to character builds, uh, will have quests that will essentially help you remove negative traits. And uh, lastly, to avoid player frustration, uh, Todd Howard also mentioned that Starfield's spaceships will not run out of fuel. Instead, spaceships just uh, won't run completely out and won't leave players stranded in space. So basically, his his thought process was like, we want to be hard sci-fi, but not that hard. Um, so, yeah. um, Pablo, I guess, you know, to kick it over to you first, you know, these are these are, you know, some small updates, but uh, interesting ones. So I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts about these and, and where you think this uh, stacks up with you in terms of, you know, how you're feeling about Starfield. Yeah, we're, we're getting we're, we're, these small details are kind of filling the gaps here and we're kind of seeing the bigger picture as as time goes. This is a game that was supposed to come out uh, in a month. Uh, so, you know, it, it's it's good that we're getting more information because I, I, they have the base of the game ready to go in terms of how it's going to work. So I'm glad they're sharing this stuff with the fuel stuff. I like that. You know, it was more or less like, hey, you can't go to that planet yet because uh, you need to stop at this fuel depot to, to kind of like um, uh, get more fuel. And, and, you know, so that 
stuff like that is in the game, and I think that's fine. I don't think that I think it would be kind of boring to go, hey, I want to go all the way to the other side of that planet and just kind of just step on it. And I think that's kind of also part of it, kind of pacing, just like uh, you're in a in, in a ship, just going one from one area to the next. If they stagger that by you forcing you to stop at these interesting locations, then that could be a little bit better for the flow of the game. So I, I I'm confident in what they're doing here. I think they're they're a lot of the stuff is a lot of smart and design in terms of the newness and the oldness and keeping this a a bethesda western rpg fair with with some of the stuff like the persuasion stuff and and, and the bethesda style conversational points I, all that stuff I, i'm glad to hear i don't that that kind of stuff is all, always awesome always works well no need to kind of rewrite that stuff i know it's a new ip but this is still a bethesda game and so i'm glad that they're keeping uh they're keeping the bones of of bethesda still within this game and i really really like that uh over 250 lines of dialogue you know i it's hard to kind of um put that into perspective or kind of quantify that but there is a chart that shows you how much more that is in fallout 4 and it is it's pretty it is big quite, gap yeah it's a big yeah. gap so it is that so I'm, I'm excited about all this i you know starfield is definitely a game that has to uh hit uh but so far i think they're they're doing it right and i have and i have more to say here in a little bit uh when we get into our next section but yeah I, i'm loving everything so far how about you marco yeah um i'm i'm dialogue mcgee so you know when i hear yeah. those many lines of dialogue are in the game regardless of what they're counting as lines of dialogue because sometimes sure, it could just sure. be an okay or you know 10-4 that's a line yeah, yeah. of dialogue technically um yeah i i think this is a great step in in a you know an uplifting direction because you know it is that classic bethesda style dialogue as you mentioned and as as todd howard said you know verbatim and and that is good to see that they are making sure to check that box um now the quality of dialogue you know how that fits into the overall narrative and characters and you know how well it's actually acted is you know you know part of my question marks about the game um, but I do like the fact that they are going all in with dialogue. They're not shortchanging us in that area. And the persuasion system sounds pretty cool, too. I think that is a great idea uh, to throw that in there so that, you know, conversations don't feel stiff, but they're rather dynamic. Uh, and that is a great feeling to have for a literal role playing game as well. Uh, and the trade system sounds cool, too. Um, and oh, yeah, I didn't mention that. That's, yeah. that's that feels a little newer than what they've done before. But that's cool. That you can eliminate negative traits. Mm -hmm. That's actually a really cool idea. Yeah, I think it's a cool idea for sure. I'm curious to know how high quality those those quests are uh, or if they're just going to be kind of a throwaway grind quest to, to do it um, so I don't know what kind of TLC they'll put into those particular quests but the fact that they have that as an option is pretty neat to to see and I'm I'm so looking forward to creating my character and really role playing this this character that I make uh, and and uh, you know obviously trying to get him to look right you know I know, I know yours is going to end up looking cracked out like normal because your character creation <laughs> skills I don't know how you do it he finds a way to find every neon colored outfit in the game and put them all on. And it's a sci-fi game. <laughs> You'll figure it yeah, out. Bro, yeah, you, I'll find ways. I know you will. I'll find ways to make my guy look like Bad Bunny. Every time. No every time. And yep. this game is it has three colors all together. Gray, brown, and dark green. And he will find neon yellow and orange. He'll find construction cone orange and wear yeah. it. I might find a whole ass construction cone and wear that too. <laughs> don't, don't do that. I don't, fuck. don't do no. that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm right. excited though for sure. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. And we'll we'll talk about Starfield here uh, a little more in the next uh, segment of the show. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I have some news here. An Elden Ring update, a new update has been released, or 
a new uh, update. Well, actually, yes, a new update has been released. Yeah. And while the update itself is only relevant to those sickos who play PVE, <laughs> since the new update separates damage scaling between PvP and PVE, I read that a sentence I read. Don't know what that means. <laughs> Get off me. Uh, something else very interesting has come from this update. Data miners have already uncovered bits of information within the patch that hint towards a new location and ray tracing technologies that were found within that patch. Uh, I want to gauge your interest here. You know, I, I know that uh, I know Elden Ring is, is one of our favorite games of this year, maybe even one of the best games of the generation uh, so far. But how interested or how excited would we, would we be for DLC and ray tracing? Is that enough to bring you back into the world to, to kind of play the game again, just to see the new, the new location and experience the game with ray tracing tech? Uh, Marco, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, as far as the DLC part of that goes, um, I'll look for almost any reason to get back in that game. Uh, so, you yeah. know, I, I think that I'm not much of a DLC guy. Um, on very Same. rare occasion, I will buy a DLC thing or expansion content, like, you know, Lost Judgment. Prime example. Witcher. You know, kind of a side story kind of thing. It was a meaty enough thing to felt like it was it was an integral part of the game that I needed to see, so I got it. But typically yeah. when I'm done with the game, I'm kinda done with the game. Uh unless it's like the yeah. Witcher, Mass oh. Effect, you know, that right. kind of thing. Right, right. Um if this is a big enough expansion, if that's even what they're they're gonna classify it as I'll right. definitely jump back. I mean, I beat the game and I started a new build and jumped right back in immediately after finishing it. So I'm, I'm not too, I don't know, I'm not too picky when it comes to reasons to jump back in. I, I'm really interested to see what they try to do to, um, you know, make it an interesting play and not just here's even more difficult bosses you can play now or fight now. Like, I don't want it to be like that. I hope that it is more than just here's, here's, Here's some DLC for the nut jobs that want like a psycho difficulty kind of boss, you know, um, yeah. but something that's actually interesting for like a regular player like me. Um, as for the ray tracing, I'm not really enthusiastic about the ray tracing because the game still has performance issues as it is. So unless that unless this ray tracing update is going to be part of, you know, bigger improvements to the game's general performance, like, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. actual performance mode running at a decent frame rate, that's not like, you know, jumping all over the map, then I'll be more excited. But from what I've heard of this, this uh, ray tracing thing is that it's definitely going to be a 30 frames per second type of feature, which if you're an Elden Ring or Soulsborne purist and, and you got that taste of 60 FPS, it's it's hard to go back to 30 man it just is because the timing I, of your moves and it's it's a little tough now dude if it I'm looks a, if it looks great i'll, I'll definitely check it out yeah. but it's not going to be what i go run back and play the whole thing over again for yeah i'm not a tech guy like when it comes to frame rates and when it comes to resolution but with the new with the with the xbox series x and the playstation 5 it is damn near impossible to go from now, I can start a game at three at thirty frames and 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 understand that it's thirty frames, but not be completely annoyed by it yeah. because that's how I started. But as soon as I switched to sixty, going back, it's like I did that with uh, Forbidden West, where I was playing sixty frames, and I'm like, oh, let's kick it down to thirty because it looks a little prettier. And I thought I was playing that game at one frame. <laughs> I mean, it just looked choppy as hell, and that yeah. wasn't the case. But your eyes going from sixty to thirty you, is hard. Yeah, it's uh, hard to adjust back to thirty frames. You'll eventually not notice it after a while, but when you yeah. go back and forth to test it, it's like, oh, this is a slideshow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Elden Ring, uh, 
going to 30. It's that's bananas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I um yeah, for sure. It's, it's something that I'm interested in. I definitely want to get uh more DLC. I haven't beat the game, but that's not for a lack of trying or a lack of playing. I think I'm at 150. No, last time I checked, 165 hours in. Wow. Uh, every time when I I have a boss that I'm fighting, and then I just kind of go to a different location. I'm farming now. I'm doing. I, I'm just. I'm still in the game. It's just I don't have any interest to. I have no interest to beat the game. Not that, not because I don't want to. It's just because I enjoy everything else, and I felt like I've fought the most interesting bosses already. But I'm, I will eventually beat it. So this is, it's, of course, it's a nonsense to say whether or not I'd come back to the DLC for a DLC or a map it or a new location. Yeah. Of course, I will. Uh, this game is incredible. But I'm definitely looking forward to what this is. It could be nothing. It could be something that was taken away from the game at the last minute, uh, just because it wasn't ready, or just something that an idea that they didn't flesh out. Um, I don't think from soft is really interested in, I, I don't always feel they're interested in continuing to support a game. They're always on to the next one in, in, in a lot of parts. And there's rumors are that they already have a game ready for next year. So like it's, I don't know if we'll see more of DLC, uh, down the line for Elden Ring, but if we do, I'll be there. So, um, Last last bit of news we got. Uh, speaking about 30 frames, what do you got, Marco? <laughs> well, Warner Brothers Montreal has revealed that Gotham Knights will only run at 30 frames per second on consoles with no performance mode option whatsoever. Despite being a current-gen-only game, producer Fleur Marty stated, quote, due to the types of features that we have in our game, like providing a fully untethered co-op experience in our highly detailed open world, it's not as straightforward as lowering the resolution and getting a higher frame rate, end quote. So Pablo, what is our take on this news? And is it safe to say that a 60 FPS option should always be the standard for home console games moving forward? Yeah, to answer the latter part of that question, absolutely. Especially if your game is a next-gen or a current-gen only game. You know, if you... Because this game was supposed to come out on previous-gen consoles and they decided against it because, obviously, they wanted to get the best performance. Uh, they wanted to avoid the cyberpunk situation. All understood. They move up the date to the game. And it seemed... Look, I understand that it's not as simple as lowering the resolution and upping the frames. Of course, it's never that simple, right? M making video games is hard. I get it. And we also mentioned just previously, not, not even a couple of minutes ago, that once you start a game at 30 frames, you're really not going to notice it uh, in terms of like how choppy it is. or it, it, th That much is true. However, there is a standard in which we're expecting because this is the, con the console generation of frames and resolution, right? You're not seeing this massive graphical upgrade from previous consoles. What you are seeing is games running at a better performance rate, better, higher resolution, higher frames. And the fact that this game doesn't even have the option for that is kind of insane to me. Now, I could sit here and be like, all right, well, it's a proprietary game engine that they're using, and maybe there are certain things with... No, they're using Unreal 4, which is an engine that many people have used and many people continue to use. It is the most popular gaming engine, so much so that a lot of people who are using proprietary game engines are now fully switching to Unreal 5. So it's, it's just a little bizarre that, you know... Not understanding what exactly he meant by the untethered uh, co-op. I know the game is co-op, but I don't know how that affects what, 
<laughs> I just don't really get it. How are you doing this game, releasing this game as a next gen only title, and not even have the option for 60 frames? I and what what bothers me is if this game gets decent reviews or 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 is purchased by uh, my brother who has the other account because I'm not really that interested in it or or just something that I end up picking up. I bet you anything in three months time. We're gonna get an update with the sixty frames. This is just this is just not ready. It's it's what this kind of screams to me. They're not ready for prime. I was time gonna say the way. exact so, same thing. Yeah, so it's a little <laughs> frustrating because you know it happens a lot when we were for, for adopt the game for the first time. It comes out and we're we're, we're day oneers, and then a couple of months later you can play this game. For example, Forbidden West at a sixty frames. You know. 1440p yep. resolution it's like it's it's frustrating and i think going forward i don't think it's too much task for a game to be standard 60 frames and at the very least 1440p and if it's 1080 fine but do like a dying light 2 did where it's it looks great like it's like a really good you know and later they, they have the option they even added an update later for a balance yeah they did yeah <laughs> they, they showed your point but yep. um yeah yeah so at the end of the day i i think it, it, it frames need to be standard because this is what these consoles do best you know they have all these tech and everybody's talked about the ssd and all that stuff about these consoles and what they can and can't do uh i I think it's kind of baffling, honestly. You know, yeah. that, that just the fact they don't have it. I, I'm concerned for this game uh, in more ways than one. And this wasn't even something that I was thinking about. And yet here it is added to the list, you know? Yeah. I mean, you killed that, dude. I mean, you, you pretty much hit everything that I was going to talk about. What I'll say, and I'll kind of just, you know, lean into this a little bit more, is as far as standardizing 60 FPS in, in current gen games, I mean... You know, I understand that, like you said, it's not as easy as as we'd like to think it is, but this puts them in rare company of games that don't have this 60 FPS option. Like, I I can't really think of any game that comes off the top of the head that didn't have a performance mode. I'm genuinely, like, kind of blanking out here. There might be one or two, but this is not a very common occurrence right now. And I think it's been made pretty clear that resolution is nice, but performance is king. You know, like if it's, if it is literally tough to play your game because of frame rate issues or just having a low base frame rate, like that's really hard, especially when people can go to the PC version of your game and play it in 60 FPS. Like, so now you're kind of, you're kind of popping a squat on your own, console skews and basically funneling people to your pc version so now you're kind of getting in your own way and it and also the timing of this kind of irritates me too so close to release you finally and you say it in a discord channel no less right like so you're, you're clearly trying to bury this away it backfired because now everybody knows about it and you did it literally days before launch and now you have pre-order dollars unless people want to cancel their pre-orders obviously but now you have you waited it out long enough to kind of get people to, to come in and and agree to buying this game and now you're letting them know what it's what it's not going to have so i think it's pretty garbage honestly that they did this um and, you know, like you said, this is not the game's only issue uh, or potential issue. Yeah. This game looked dry and bland and boring uh, virtually every time we saw it. So, like, <laughs> you're adding this to that mix 
and and now you want us to go and spend full price on a console version that is literally yeah. technically inferior to what we can get on the PC and it's current gen only like nothing about this is excusable really i mean it's not the greatest crime in the history of performance issues in video games sure, sure. but it certainly isn't a good a good thing but 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 also the explanation is is about it's tantamount to you wouldn't understand is basically what he's saying it's 30 frames because of our untethered you you, you know what you wouldn't understand game development problems yeah. which is kind of a cop-out because it, it's hard to, to argue against the professionals right but i mean you look at other games madden has a performance <laughs> resolution and a middle balance uh option all these games have it like uh, um uh what is it um god of war ragnarok has a checkerboard 4K 60 frames on next gen uh, that that's been uh, that's coming to the consoles and it's also a, a game that's on both so uh, so it's weird it, it it's a weird kind of misstep because they should have known this was a problem and they should have gotten ahead of it uh, fairly quickly yeah um, no doubt but we'll see I mean I want this game to be good because i think that the gotham the the batman games at least the first two games are really good games um and this is the same developer that did gotham uh, uh arkham the arkham origins which i liked yeah. um and um so i i really hope that they do a a good job uh and i hope that all this is just kind of blows over and it just becomes kind of like oh yeah this is just 30 frames this is what it is Basically, I hope this is the biggest issue that they have, but I don't think that's what's going to happen there. But we'll see yeah. uh, when the game comes out. Um, but yeah, that that's going to do it here for our, our hit points. Uh, and we're going to move into the main event of the show, which we like to call the Checkpoint Chat. It's time for the Checkpoint Chat. After all the delays, announcements... And details about the upcoming state of games for 2023. We now have a much clearer picture of what to expect next year. So let's talk about 2023. Marco, why don't you kind of fill everybody in on the format as to what exactly we're going to, how we're going to kind of tackle our 2023 games preview uh, this year. Yeah, so we basically broke this down into three different categories. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to choose the three games we are the most hyped for plus one honorable mention. Then we're going to switch to the three games we are the most concerned for along with a dishonorable mention. And then we're going to both choose a dark horse pick of 2023 of a game that we think could quietly or secretly end up being one of next year's best with an honorable mention as well. So uh, we're going to go round robin in each category and they're going to be from uh, third up to first. Uh, so that way, you know, you guys will know kind of how we're ranking them as we go. But uh, that's basically the gist of it, man. So um, I'm kind of ready to get started if you are. Yeah, I'm ready to get started. So let's go ahead and uh, let's have you start us off. Yeah, so we'll start with the games that we are the most hyped for for 2023. And I'll start off with my honorable mention, then I'll kick it over to you for yours. Uh, my honorable mention for next year is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. So this is the second game in what has now been confirmed as the trilogy of Final Fantasy VII remakes. Uh, and I obviously, as, as a Final Fantasy nut, um, this, this is a super exciting game, especially after how much I adored uh, the, the original remake and the, uh, mm -hmm. the Integrate DLC with Yuffie. Um, 
I am so hyped for this. Now, the reason why it's only an honorable mention is because we really haven't seen a lot of it. So I want to get a better feel for what they're doing in terms of improvements. Uh, what's the combat system going to evolve into? Who else is going to be in the game? Uh, I want to see more locations and get a feel for what they might be trying to do with the story changes and stuff like that. All we really got was a teaser, and the teaser was enough to get me excited, obviously. But I just want to kind of wait and see more before I can really say, okay, this is for sure a top three game uh, that I'm most hyped for. But that is my honorable mention. Uh, let me kick it over to you, Pablo, and tell me your honorable mention game. Yeah, you know, funny enough, a lot of my reasoning behind this being an honorable mention are kind of the same reasons that you have. And and my Mm. honorable mention is Final Fantasy XVI. Now, obviously, my mainline Final Fantasy game, not really that complicated to be excited for. Easily would have been in my top three. My problem with the game specifically is that it's coming out in summer next year, and I still have not seen a lot of it. Like, sure, they've shown a lot of actual in-game stuff and and, and even portions of combat, but I want to know how the game plays exactly. Like, there's a lot of stuff that they're talking about, about big matches between the summons and all that stuff. All looks great. All of it is exciting. I just don't know how exactly that plays. I know exactly how, how it kind of is going to develop within the game itself. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know exactly the story specifically. There's a lot of story stuff. It, it looks like high fantasy, kind of Game of Thronesy. All that stuff looks really dope. All that stuff is hitting it's hitting home. Like It is great. My thing is how it all comes together. I have not seen a lot of that. Game is coming fairly soon. And as soon as I see that stuff, and, it, and, and I'm sure it's going to work out for me, it'll probably just rocket to one of my top three most anticipated games but i think right now with my three in the list are just games that i'm currently really really excited to play and i know what i'm getting with these games and i am hoping for the best when it comes to those games when they release so that's why this is my honorable mention final fantasy 16 but hey freaking excited for that game hey can't wait for that it's it's no joke man that game looks special uh but that is our honorable mention games that we're most hyped for but now pablo let's get into the official top three that we each have and i'll start with my uh number three most hyped or anticipated game of 2023 in that game is marvel's spider-man 2 i love insomniac studios more and more each day um they just continue to produce well-made polished great looking and fun titles that just keep delivering and i gotta say As soon as Spider-Man 2 was revealed, and this is coming from somebody that is not a big comic book guy, um, I looked at this and I thought, man, this this could be really special. When you have Peter Parker and Miles Morales in the same game, um, I, I, I think that is kind of a dream come true, being able to see them oh, yeah. kind of you know, fight together, and then you've got Venom pulling up, and, and he's, you know, he's a fan favorite, obviously. This game just has all the recipe in, or, or all the ingredients in, in the recipe for a great sequel. And my biggest um, hope is that they manage to keep the open world uh, traversal fresh and interesting. Maybe make it a little less collectathony that's out there scattered across the map, um, and, and figure out some new and clever ways to keep um, the the side content captivating. But otherwise, I I'm I'm coming into this game with a lot of confidence, and I don't feel like they're gonna let me down. So that's why I got this at my number three. Um, but yeah. yeah. I like that. That's a good one. Didn't make my list, but it's it's bubbling somewhere mm-hmm. down there. It's 
probably top five. Um, my number three game, it's a game that we just kind of found out about fairly recently, but, you know, those who know me uh, and know us, really, we're big fans of the Yakuza series or Like a Dragon series now, and that's the announcement of Like a Dragon Ishin, or as the title shows, Ishin! Yeah, because he got an exclamation uh, on that hoe, so you got to yell it. And I scream so loud. got to yell it. <laughs> uh, look, um, th- there was a 2000 and I can't remember it, the details. It was an older game. I think it was, game. Game. I think it was called. Yeah, but this wasn't. It was. This was. There was a first one called Kensan. Mm-hmm. Well, like a dragon, uh, Kensan, and then this was a sequel, Ishin. And um, for all intents and purposes, in terms of everything that I've seen, people love this game in Japan, uh, and I am excited to finally play it here. But. The added flavor to it is that it is a remake for current consoles, or at least the current crop of consoles. And I am very excited about that. Like like everybody who's ever played a Yakuza game or like a Dragon game, those, those stories are incredibly well told. Character development is top notch. Uh, they understand how to execute every single time, even with their spinoff series. Uh, even though Marco didn't like too much the story of the first Judgment game, uh, I still think the character development in that game is absolutely outstanding. Uh, and I, I just love what they do with the series. And the whole setting, kind of like a feudal uh, Japan with the with the samurai, all that stuff is, is super, super dope. Uh, one of the things uh, the developers of... of of like a dragon uh, said is the success of what they saw and 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 the west's interest in samurai culture with um what's that game that came out on playstation <laughs> don't do this ghost of tsushima ghost of tsushima yeah <laughs> when that game came out he, he did, you know people were really excited about that and really played it and loved it so they they felt motivated to to kind of release this game to the western audiences and i am happy they did because this game looks great you know i love that every spinoff has it's a little different in flavor uh with the mainline series now being turn-based rpg this game this game series runs the gamut in terms of gameplay and i love how kind of bushido bladey this kind of looks and how everything is is kind of just uh it's super gory and super bloody and, and super hyper uh violent uh within what they're trying to do within that uh environment i i love it and i can't wait to play this game and i don't have to wait much longer because it actually comes out in february uh which is a another added thing to it's why i'm so excited because it's right around the corner uh, yep. and it looks freaking dope so i cannot wait yeah yeah this one is a banger this was one of my you know contenders for honorable mention but uh yeah i mean when we saw it announced at the state of play it was like oof, man it oof, instantly yeah. like there was no debate i'm buying i'm buying at full price no question. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, and it's going to sure. deliver. I have every reason to believe it will. Um, but it, I don't think any. Yeah. I don't think any of those games have ever really dropped the ball. I mean, honestly, there's like, been some dry Yakuza games, like you know, four yeah, and five yeah. were a little four. stale. But you know, they've they've been like on a steady flow of like really good games for a while now. So yeah, Judgment Zero. You know, with Like a Dragon that uh, just came out. Ugh, man. You can't go wrong. Yeah, great. Um, let me go ahead and jump in with my uh, second most anticipated game of next year. And this one is The Wolf Among Us 2, a Telltale series. Now, um, this if you, if you never played the first game, it is an episodic um, crime noir adventure game, kind of point and clicky uh, by Telltale. Uh, if you played their Walking Dead uh, game uh, before, it is very similar to that, but... 10 times better uh it's based on oh, yeah. um 
I agree. It's based on uh, a comic book series called Fables, uh, which is essentially mm-hmm. this really gritty uh, New York sort of twist on bringing all these whimsical characters from all these fairy tales and putting them in like reality. And they are, you know, some of them turn, turn into prostitutes and some of them turn into detectives. And you are basically playing as uh, the literal big bad wolf. Uh, and he is uh, the protagonist. And man, the first game was so incredible narratively. The voice acting was awesome. The style is awesome. Um, I think if you play the series, if you play on Xbox Series X, they have um, enhanced the game so that it looks and runs and sounds and has auto HDR and all the bells and whistles now. So it is really good to go back to this actually. Yeah. Um, and the second game that when that trailer dropped, I damn near lactated. Um, <laughs> So <laughs> I I played I played the 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 first game this year just to kind of pop it in. The number one improvement is no more stuttering. You know that yeah, those yeah. Telltale games are stutter monsters, oh, man. bro. Like Chuggy every McGee. like yeah, like like uh screen tearing. I'm like, "Yo, this game looks great, but it don't look that great." Like the terrible yeah. engine, but no, it, that the Xbox Series X has has improved that and if not negated it's all gone. that. So yeah, it cleaned dope. it all up. Yeah, yeah. so um, this one is a huge one for me, and it was it was almost weird to see it in my top three because I thought like, man, shouldn't I have other stuff on this, you know, on this top three? But man, the more I thought about it, I went back and rewatched the announcement trailer. I'm like, oh, this is an absolute must uh, for me to have it in my yeah. uh, top three. So yeah, it landed in my two it spots. Was, so I'm hype. It was my honorable mention uh, as soon as I had like when I started doing this. The first game I put there is like maybe I can't put this in my top three, but it's my honorable mention. But when I decided yeah. that fifteen wasn't going to be a uh, sixteen, Final Fantasy sixteen wasn't going to be on my top three, I, I I bumped it down. But yeah, gotcha. I am super excited for for this. Yeah, for man. Sure. My number two. I, I didn't go too crazy. Uh, <laughs> I you know we could have gone here and and, and just. Uh, Gone for the shock value, even though I don't think uh, Wolf Among Us 2 is a shock value pick at all. That, that is a genuine great game that's coming uh, next year. But my number two is Starfield. Um, could easily, honestly, be in my concern list based on everything we've seen. But, you know, I am going to uh, apply the, the, the thing that never has failed in history and that's too big to fail uh that's never <laughs> that's never failed before you know no i i do well, here's my thing i i think that bethesda has a lot to prove and i think that xbox hat needs this game to be great and i am confident that if this game is not ready come the first half of 2023 and not ready come the fall of 2023, they will delay this game. This is the halo-ness of it. I, I don't think they're going to fuck around with this. I honestly don't. I think that this, when this game comes out, it's going to be the best possible game that Bethesda could have made. Now, that may not be for everybody. Not every game is for everybody. But I am a Bethesda fan. I love Bethesda games. And if this turns out to be the best thing that Bethesda's ever done, or at the very least, them running at all a full gear and producing something that is as good as Fallout 3 or even 4 or anything like that, or a Skyrim for those who love Skyrim, this is going to be an incredible game. I, I, I honestly, my, if this game was, was in its state that it was when it was shown, and it was not owned by Xbox, but rather state independent, then this probably would be a concern game because they, they, they're independent. They want to get this out to, to make that money. But because they're backed by the richest video game company in the world, on, on you know, because they're backed by Microsoft themselves, I, I, 
I don't think that this game is going to come out and be a disaster. Um, it's going to come out, and people who are not a fan of these games are not going to be a fan of it. Those voices are going to be sometimes louder than those who are fans. That's that's neither here nor there. But for me, as a Bethesda fan, as a fan of what I've seen or the ideas of what Starfield is, I honestly think that Starfield is going to come out when it's ready, and it's going to be fantastic. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't be concerned, but I choose not, I choose to kind of turn a blind eye to that because I am being way too optimistic about this. <laughs> but I also think that if all those things are true, as to what I'm saying, if Microsoft feels that this game cannot fail for them, if Bethesda feels that they've actually pulled it off and, and, and made their next great IP, then all those coming things, all those things coming together, we're about to get something special. Mm. Uh, but that's kind of where I sit. So Starfield is, is my number two game. Uh, damn near my number one. Mm. But we all know what that is if you guys yeah, don't. Yeah, ain't that but hard to Marco, figure what out. Marco, <laughs> what is your number two? Uh, my number one. My number one. Um, so, number one, yeah, yeah, so my number one most anticipated game of next year, Final Fantasy 16. Like, man, listen, um, you know, Pablo touched on it as his honorable mention, but I, I don't think there's ever been a game in the last probably 10 years or so, or maybe, I, I, you know what, let me say, probably since The Witcher 3 came out, where yeah. I have ever been this confident in a game being an absolute banger um normally that is a a sound clip i i don't i don't get like this often but you know my track record's pretty solid if i say so myself when i get that feeling in my gut and and it's not acid reflux the thing about this game is that on every level from what we've seen combat to art style presentation cinematic flair voice acting overall look and feel and evolution for the rpg genre i have not seen a single thing that has been like eh, worthy to me um true the trailers are so epic i mean the one that had the the choir yelling the names of all the the summons at the very end (laughs) my god i almost passed out um it's just it's a really special time for Final Fantasy, and, and I say this because of, yeah. of the Final Fantasy XV effect, for lack of a better term. That game's troubled development for so many years, coming out virtually unfinished, having to kind of piecemeal a bunch of DLC together and cobble that in and make that the full experience. Like, there, it, Even though I have a special place in my heart for that game, it was a, Me too, yeah. it was a sad sight to see Final Fantasy come out and feel that raw and rough. You know what I mean? This is like the complete antithesis of that. So as a longtime Final Fantasy fan, not only do I like the game for what it looks like and seems to be playing like, but just the yeah. fact that it is coming in and it looks like it is a confidently made video game. And that's what got me hyped the most. It's like, I don't have to, uh, what, regardless of what I end up liking or disliking about the game when it comes out, at least I don't have to come into it worried that, man, is this even going to feel done? You know, like, I don't have that yeah. worry any longer. So that's huge for me. So guys, episode 78, you can quote Marco on saying, you know, and then you can also quote Pablo me saying, oh, too big to fail, and then put it right next to the uh, the open critic scores of 60 when those games come out and are complete disasters. No, but uh, look, my, my number one game is uh, it's uh, The Legend of Zelda, you know, 
uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, listen, I am a Zelda fan through and through. Uh, the, the, no overcomplications here. Everything I've seen of that game has absolutely blown my mind. Uh, I think I've lost IQ points because I've melted points of my brain to the point where I don't function correctly uh, of how much that game has actually blown my mind in terms of how it looks. Uh, I, I It's building on top of what exists already with the, uh, with the um, Breath of the Wild stuff, so I feel like the, that's a good thing because no longer are they messing with the physics of the game and, and how that game is going to uh, play within that world they have that down packed and now they're they're building quite literally on top of that uh, and just it, it, it's just it's all up from here again another uh, uh, <sighs> another sky phrase on I didn't do it on purpose that was just that was just it just came out that's how that's how it flows through my body you know Zen one right. with the Zelda I don't want to hear about anything uh, but listen, flows no, through I, your body keep going <laughs> Look, it's and ultimately, if this game just comes out and is the sequel to Breath of the Wild in that it plays fairly much the same and not much has changed in its gameplay, I would be okay with that. I I will say that I do need I need I do need this game to finally uh, put together the gameplay experience and my love of that franchise along with something that I love that is not mutual with Zelda, which is storytelling. Uh, and if you can put storytelling narrative driven something into a Zelda game not I mean there's no way this is gonna be my favorite game my favorite game of all time because for my love of Ocarina of Time being my number one game of all time it's the one game that has the most story but it's also a very basic ass story if they can actually do something with what apparently they've hinted at where it's bringing all the storylines and everything into one game and explaining a lot of the stuff that we may have questions over I mean there's 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 no way I mean example Final Fantasy 15, right? It's a game we're talking about. That game, the way that game ends is absolutely breathtaking. Beautiful. Absolutely incredible. I can tell you this with all honesty. Every Zelda game that finishes, finishes on a fine note. It's never like, oh, incredible. Now, I know that Breath of the Wild had that whole ending with the big thing at the end. I don't want mm -hmm. to spoil it too much. Yeah, yeah. But that was super dope. But it's still not like, holy shit, I want... A story driven, something narrative to come together and, and, and finish that game off that really is going to put kind of like the nail uh, in that where it's like, this is it. This is the quintessential Legend of Zelda experience. Uh, and I, I feel like this game could do that. And I am excited for that. I'm excited just to be in this world again. Uh, and I can't wait to get my hands on it. May coming around, a couple days before my birthday. Uh, so this is definitely a game where I'm going to, I'm, I'm I'm no life in this. Oh, I uh, bet. Yeah. But when I, I when I low life uh Ocarina uh Breath of the Wild, it wasn't like a week. It was like two months of my life. It was just every single day. And I can't wait to yeah. do that again. It's gonna be incredible. You smoked that because you know some of the stuff you were talking about just now with Breath of the Wild is the reason why I, I couldn't put this in my top three or honorable mention because mm -hmm. I need to see the needle move with storytelling. Yeah. I wanna see the needle move with like you know, basic combat. And I want to see, I want to see that an ending that's more than just fine. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I need to see the next step up. What is the next rung of the proverbial ladder for Zelda with this game? You know, it's been quite a few years since Breath of the Wild came out and I love that game to pieces. I really, really do. But I want this to be more than just a sequel that relies on, and I'm not saying that this is what it's going to be, but I want it to be right. more than just something that relies on a gimmick. 
you know, now you're in the sky yeah. and the ground. You know, like I don't want it to just be that, but everything else follows the same general template. I want to see true advancement in the way that they present the story, especially if they're going to converge all this timeline stuff and explain some of it. Like, figure out a way to make this game captivating beyond just what makes it a good game, a, a great game to play, and then I'm all in. So, like, this game, just because it's not in my most hyped list doesn't mean it doesn't have potential to be the best game of the year for me either. Uh, it's just that I have a lot of those question marks that you kind of alluded to. So I just wanted to call that out real quick before we uh, move on to the next segment. Yeah, and, and just so we're aware here, if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I'm kind of fact-checking this. I think that this is the biggest gap between Zelda games that we've ever what had. What has it been, six years or uh, something? It's, it's about to be six years by the time... Wait. Or five years? Yeah, by the time this comes out, because when Breath of the Wild came out, we, all, we had um, A Link Between Worlds that came out in 2013, which was only four... Uh, years pre, uh, prior to that, mm. and that's a mainline Zelda okay. game. So, and before that, we had um, Skyward, uh, Skyward Sword, yeah. which was at t- eleven. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where, uh, crazy enough, I remember waiting with bated breath for the next breath for Breath of the Wild to come out, and lo and behold, those only four or five years that I had to wait. Now I'm waiting six years, and I feel that there's a reason for that. I, you know, this is. They don't really do direct sequels or, or games that are within that same world. So this, that's why I have confidence that they're spending six years, not one year like they did between Ocarina and Majora's Mask. Yeah. And it, it should be a little bit more than just more Breath of the Wild. And, and, and I would honestly, as a, as a huge Zelda fan, I, I will hold that game to that standard and expect no less. If it's just Breath of the Wild 1.5, we're going to have some problems. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about it on the show. And that, the, it, yeah, we're going to talk yeah. about that. And I will hold their feet to the fire on that for sure. But let's go ahead and let's move from the positive and dwell on the negative where we live mm. within our souls. Delicious. Uh, we're going to talk about our most concerned games for 2023. Let's have Marco start here with his dishonorable mention. Mark, what do you got? Yeah, so this one isn't exactly a, a super popular franchise, but I had to throw Oxen Free 2 Lost Signals in there. This is um, the follow-up to, uh, I guess you can call it at the time, an indie, an indie title, basically. Um, mm, very story-driven game um, about, you know, a, a group of kids that kind of went into this, this old town, um, you know, as kind of like a going-away party situation, and obviously there's some supernatural stuff that takes place on this island, and they kind of get sucked into that whole situation to kind of keep it spoiler-free. And it was an incredible game that has a very awesome. special place in my heart. Yeah, it was a super awesome game. Um, Oxenfree 2 is one of those cases, even if you don't know much about this franchise, you'll understand what I mean when I say this. It's one of those sequels that you know exists, but you have that perpetual where the hell is it kind of feeling every single time you think about it. It, It's been announced, you know it's coming, you feel like it's coming soon, but then it feels like it's not coming soon. And then you finally find out, oh, you know, we're delayed it, blah, blah, blah. You know, and and I believe this studio got acquired by Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Pablo? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So then they had that as a variable as well. And so it, it just became this this game that I'm dying to play, but there's just this indefinite feeling of like waiting. And I don't like that in terms of instilling confidence in me that everything is panning out okay. So I'm really worried that this game might not be a worthy sequel because 
honestly, and I and I hate playing armchair developer, I don't know what could be taking so long because this game was in like the preview rotation for a lot of major outlets for a time. Like, oh, you know, we got our hands on this game and it was really good, blah, blah, blah. And then it just kind of vanished. And it's like, all right, that's hardly ever a great sign. So I'm I'm sort of waiting with, you know, some some trepidation on this one, but I it's not quite concerning yeah. enough to throw it in my top three. I think I think also what made the first uh, game so special was more or less that I've never seen anything like that specifically, yeah. but also the way people spoke in that game was very much realistic, you know, to the point where you can just interrupt somebody and talk over yeah. them. And there was, and the way they were like, okay, like there was just little stuff like that. So, you know, if we get a sequel and it's like more of that, because they've done the other, they have done other games that kind of are like this that haven't been as successful. So I don't know if that's just because of like, maybe, maybe they, they're not as comfortable as making something outside of Oxen Free or maybe they just lost. Maybe, you know how, when somebody writes their first album, they've been writing it their whole life and then <laughs> yeah. they have to write the second one and they only got a couple of years to write it. So it, it's, it's maybe it's one of those things. So I agree with you. I hadn't even thought about that, but I am definitely, uh, I, I'm very cautious about this game in terms of how it's going to turn out. Cause I feel like it could be disappointing and it could end up being really disappointing for us. Cause we love the first one so much. Um, my, Mine is a little bit unfair, but I'm still going to uh, say it here because of everything's happening. Uh, and that is Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl. I'm going to take away the the reasons in terms of like, I was skeptical about this game before the stuff started happening over in um, in um, oh Ukraine. In Russia and Ukraine. And, Ukraine, yeah. and, and, uh, and so I feel uh, like... I want this game to be good because I think everything I've seen about it looks really dope. But I just, I, I always felt that this game isn't exactly what they're saying it is. I always felt like it's probably one of those games that's going to come out and it's going to be a technical kind of masterpiece. But overall, there's not much there in the way of gameplay. It's going to feel kind of weird to play. Uh, and I am concerned because, you know, this is another one of those Xbox Game Pass games that they that they are talking about they're talking up and it has to hit and you know unfortunate reasons aside i don't know if what they've already have and what they'll continue to build on and what they'll end up finishing is going to be a game that is going to do any better than what scorn is doing on open critic right now so i'm concerned about that for for that reason and uh i don't know I, i i don't know i hope that this game turns out great for obviously for that develop uh, developer uh you know going through the adversity they're going the adversity they're going through and coming out the other end with a great game that's my wish I, w- I i i want this game to do so good i want to talk about it within the best games of ne- next year for sure but i am concerned because I, I i do think that the game whatever the game is and how it's seen and the kind of the concepts of the game are super freaking interesting like really they really are uh and you know, I just want to see. I want to play a good game with some freaking cool te- teeth tech, uh, <laughs> please. Uh, but that's my that's my honorable mention. What do you got here for your number three? Yeah. So uh, getting into the top three games we're most concerned about. My number three is Pikmin Four. Uh, so this was recently announced at the Nintendo Direct that uh, happened a few <laughs> weeks back, and. You know, on the surface, it's like, oh, man, this is awesome to see Pikmin back in the fold again. You know, it's been so long since we got a new Pikmin game. We heard about this game being announced and kind of unannounced and then reannounced. And it's just like weirdness all over it. Um, But nevertheless, we know Pikmin's coming next year for sure. 
the problem that I have, and again, this is this is just off of just gut reaction without really seeing too much of the game, is if if they waited all these years to come back with Pikmin 4 and it's basically the same exact thing as Pikmin's 1, 2, and 3, with the exception of like a new Pikmin type <laughs> or something like that, you know, and they kind of lean on that gimmick to get them through or some kind of co-op functionality or whatever. I don't know. Well, already the, the camera. Yeah. That's, you can see the sky. Oh, right. You know, like if it's just going to be that kind of sequel, then... I would really be concerned about the the future of the series if that's the way they're going to play it, right? You're four games in. Right. You really haven't iterated too much at all uh, since the very beginning. And we're talking GameCube days here, right? So, like, it's been a minute. So, to bring this back, I hope that there is a really interesting concept that kind of drives this this experience into a new territory for the series but as soon as i saw that one still frame from the direct and that's all they showed it was like yeah oh that just looks like pikmin you know and it was like immediately like oh man i've played this game plenty of times already i don't know if i'm ready to shell out full price dollars for the fourth version of something i played three times you know what i mean so a little bit a little bit worried about the redundancy you know, and Nintendo goes through waves where they're releasing fire, 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 and then like, then then they're releasing questionable games yeah. like oh, and they have a really really weird bad run. But I, hopefully, that's not the start of that because uh, I don't want that for Nintendo. Nah. Nintendo's been killing it so far. Um, my number three in the uh, games that are most concerned before it's Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. Uh, we're already seeing with um, we're already seeing it with Gotham Knights and and them doing something different than what they did with Arkham Origins. This is the studio Rocksteady that made Arkham uh, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, which are considered to be the best Batman games of all time, and I agree. They also made Arkham Knight, which is I think actively a bad game, <laughs> um, but you know. Two out of three, that's not yeah. bad. Making games are hard, so on and so forth. But it's been eight years since Arkham Knight. Oof. Eight years. I don't know if they've been working on Suicide Squad for eight years. I don't think so. There's rumor that they, they had a Superman game that they scrapped and then they turned into this. I When we talk about games and how they're being made, and Marco said a very interesting thing about Final Fantasy 16. It's a game that's being made with confidence. I don't feel that they're making this game with confidence. Sure, they're leaning on the comedy of the su- of the Suicide Squad, like we've seen in the movies, and so on and so forth. But there's something about it that it just feels a little bit like they're being precautious, or they're not showing so much of it that it it's like, oh, I... You know, I, I, it's really interesting. Like, they're not really leaning into, like, you guys know who we are, you guys know what we do, here's... The- no, they're not really doing that. It's like, it's all... It's a weird kind of... Uh, uh, CGI trailer kind of setting up what we're going to do but we don't know how the game is going to play we don't know and this game was slated to come out this year we don't know if it's co-op we don't have a single player we don't know we don't know much of anything other than the Suicide Squad is going to try to kill the Justice League which is right there in the, in the title right other than that <laughs> there's not much that we know and it's so weird because Rocksteady makes such incredible games and I 
I love DC more than I do Marvel games, and I am ready for DC to to kind of come back up and 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 do the and still be as good at when it comes to game, making games because you know Spider Man is, is is killing it right now. I'm sure Sucker Punch is going to do an incredible job. Uh, well, sorry, Insomniac is going to do an incredible job with uh, Wolverine yeah, when right. when they get to that. Um, we'll see what Midnight Suns is at the end of the year. Uh, but I I I I I want DC to come back and and really start killing it again. Uh, I'm not sure Gotham. Knights is going to do that, and I sure as I don't think Suicide Squad is going to do that. I would love to be surprised, just like I was, and I'll bring this game up always and forever. It's Gardens of the Galaxy, but I don't know this is what's going to happen here because eight years in the making, and they are they are not confident at all. You know, to the point where they silently uh, delayed this game till next year and still have not said a goddamn thing about it. So I'm I'm concerned. I, I'm I'm this is like the quintessential game in this category because I am concerned as to what this is. I hope it's not great, but I honestly am not too confident that's going to happen. So that's my number Yeah, three. something shook this studio. Somewhere in between finishing up Arkham and, and getting here in that Superman stuff, like somewhere in that window, they got rattled. A, they don't seem the same to my, me. My theory is is they probably were trying to lean into a gas game, game as service. Mm. And I hmm. think in between that, they saw everything with with how there's only a few games that can actually be sustainable in that way, and something changed. That's my it's it's based on absolutely nothing. Yeah, just I'm just trying to understand why eight years. You know, that's kind of where I where yeah, I'm it's astonishing. But yeah, yeah, I mean, they were almost one of my contenders for uh, most overrated studio. But I want to see how this pans out first before I can commit yeah, yeah, to that. But yeah, it sure. was it was getting a little touchy with yeah. these guys for a while, and obviously. Yeah, you know, like you said, the way this development process has been going, it's 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 not been confidence instilling stuff to say the least. So nope. yeah, to say the least, right? Um, so getting into our number twos of games we're most concerned about for next year, uh, my number two is Diablo Four. Um, look, everything about what we've seen in this game looks absolutely incredible. I thought this yep. game looked amazing when we saw it last, and. As a game, in terms of the art style, the gameplay, all the stuff we saw, amazing stuff. And you know I love me some Diablo, right? You're kind of a late, a late bloomer in there. I've, I've kind of been around for yeah. a, a, a good amount of you time. You love the devil. Yeah. The problem, though, is this is Activision Blizzard we're talking about now. And when you come <laughs> off the heels of Diablo Immortals, when you come off the heels of this Overwatch 2 debacle... Suddenly, the the goalpost starts to move for me because now in looking at what Overwatch 2 has been like, where the core gameplay is enjoyable and it's what you want and it's, 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 it's quality work, but everything around it is a mess. That is the exact reason why I'm concerned about Diablo 4 because I do not yeah. want to see another high-profile Activision Blizzard IP come out and have all kinds of problems around the game that tarnishes what makes the actual game relatively enjoyable, right? So I, I I think this is more of a case of maybe less of what I'm seeing of the actual game and more of just the way that the company itself is navigating that's making me really cautious of like, is there going to be some type of nonsense associated with this game somehow? And if so... What and how bad, right? So it, it's it's really a tricky one for me. I hate putting it on this list for those reasons, but I have no choice because this is sort of what I have been conditioned to expect 
from this company now where like don't be too confident in us because we just might do something really really stupid that breaks the game yeah. or makes your experience really frustrating or um you know pocket checky you know with like we let, let me get your money now let me get your monetization thing going That's so right. uh, it's hard man it's hard to be excited about something when you have all those caveats that are looming over it so yeah it's got to be on my list they run the gambit in that shit because first with Diablo Immortals and and kind of how that's literally just trying to steal your money from yeah. you and then you have everything that happened overwatch where they a game that people paid 60 dollars for and, and a game that won multiple game of the years are no longer accessible because they're pushing people into overwatch 2 which is a free-to-play game which they're making you spend money on that and then obviously then you got the technical aspects of it where they the game was unplayable because you couldn't log into the servers and this diablo isn't a necessarily a single player only kind of game there it's going to lean on servers and, and, and playing with friends so there's Diablo has a lot of things going for it and, and a lot of things it's like an amalgamation of a lot of the best things that Blizzard has but with that comes the fact that <laughs> they might fuck it up on all there fronts you, go. you know yep. and then they're go- and and they already and they're already history Diablo 3 launched really poorly like with the whole auction house and all that shit Oof. that that's that stuff was bad so you know we'll see I it's not on my it's not on any of my lists uh but I, I, I am looking forward to Diablo 4, but I am opti- I am cautiously optimistic there because of how, the company behind it and how they almost relish in fucking shit up. Yeah, yeah you know? no doubt. So, yeah, my, so that's a good one. My number two is Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Mirage. Mm. I said Assassin's Creed's Mirage. <laughs> all the Creed's. Um, yeah, all of them. Uh, live the, yes, they've said the right things. Uh, going back to his roots, etc. All that good stuff. But let's not forget, Mirage was initially a DLC for Valhalla. At least that's the way it started. So already red flag. Uh, and then uh, a lot of the same reasons as to why Marco has kind of concerns about Activision Blizzard. I have those concerns with Ubisoft. You know, they love to say shit. They love to, oh, to, they love to kind of... Uh, announce shit hey guys i know you guys want to beyond good and evil here's a sequel that this game is nothing vaporware but it's out there for you guys to to talk about for years on uh, years on end and i feel like assassin's creed mirage kind of is a uh, uh, it almost feels like they're uh, they're plugging a hole uh we don't have we don't have an assassin's creed for uh, in the next uh for uh, for a while because we're we're planning this new thing and so we're kind of taking a dlc whether it was an expansion or whatever it was and now making it to full-fledged full price game i think uh it's it's concerning because i want to play assassin's creed like the old right like assassin's creed like syndicate i want to go back to those to that way uh, of playing assassin's creed game i don't like the new massive open world freaking checkpoint here collect this all just the massiveness the of that bloat, game is, yeah. is so it's, nuts. it's so depressing um that i really don't uh, want that anymore and they're talking about all the right things but when you look at the details of all this stuff it just feels really 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 weird to me and i have zero reason no reason at all to be confident that ubisoft is going to deliver because they have not they they they, they took assassin's creed and they made it uh they might have started with good intentions to make it more like witcher mm-hmm. right uh, with origins yeah. And then they've completely they've they've lost the plot. 
they've lost the thread. They're, they're going now and they're and now they're trying to make this game as service with uh, with whatever I forgot the the infinite infinity thing that that we don't know what it is. Is it a platform? Is it uh? We don't know. We don't know what it is. It's there, there's so many questions left to be answered. And Mirage again just feels like them trying to tell us, hey guys, I know you like this kind of game, so this is what this is going to be. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I have, no, I have no confidence that this is going to be that. And I want this to, I want this to be what they're promising it is. And I don't think it's going to be. And that's going to hurt me so bad because I, I, I try to go back to Syndicate just to kind of play, you know, those games didn't, didn't age too well. Um, yeah. So I want, I want the Assassin's Creed in whatever engine that's running on but to to play like I played the older games, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm not confident at all. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, it's Ubisoft has been on the tear in all the worst ways possible for quite a few years, and this franchise has been almost unrecognizable for a while. We've covered that a lot of you know times on the show, so I won't retread a lot of that. But it is concerning. I hope this is the start of a of a new and better chapter for Assassin's Creed. But you know, your reasons are valid. There's a lot of things to be definitely worried about and on edge about so we'll see what happens when it comes out but yeah assassin's creed hasn't been really nailing it is it to say the very least to say the yeah truth. so now we're getting into our number one games we're most concerned for pablo i'm up first here with my number one and that game is starfield um i've been pretty vocal about this game uh ever since we first saw it debuted um and for the most part, my sentiments towards this game haven't really changed too much. I went back and I watched the reveal again prior to recording this just to see if, you know, okay, after some time has passed, do I feel different? Am I, you know, is there things that I was really upset about back then that I'm not so much about now? And I really came away feeling the virtually the same. Um, and I think my, my, my biggest problems are that I'm afraid that the scale and scope and magnitude of this game is going to come at the cost of doing well with the basics. For a game this large, for a game that is expansive as this game is trying to be, what kind of implications does this have on things that should go without saying, like performance? You know, uh, Todd Howard, you know, we just talked about Gotham Knights being only at 30 frames per second. Todd Howard is non-committal about there being a performance mode for this game. Um, by all accounts, it doesn't look like there's any HDR kind of things going on with this game either. Uh, I could be wrong about that. That's more speculative. But the fact that we don't really know what the cost of the scale is going to be with like loading times. Is it going to take 40, 50 seconds to load into your ship because there's a million other things this game is trying to do on the back end? Like, what is the cost of this? And, th- and that's the thing. This stuff doesn't come free. Scale and scope does not come without cost. And that's where I get worried because Bethesda is not known to be the masters of creating bugless experiences. They have had the, the jank you know, stigma over their heads for a while. And sometimes it's that adorable kind of jank that you can see past. And sometimes it is absolutely aggravating. So when you have a game of this magnitude trying to be the next big thing for not only them, but for Xbox at large, those basics of how is it going to look, run and perform, not only on Series X, but Series S like that, those are valid concerns in my opinion. 
Then you get into the game itself. I think the color palette and the tone of the game looks very sterile and dull. I mean, I joked about it earlier, but it's it's kind of a half joke because it is a very gray, brown, and dark green muted looking game. It just feels a little bit lifeless. It feels like it's lacking in personality. Um, and again, all based off what we've seen, not what we will end up getting, but there's a lot to be worried about in that sense. The combat didn't look that great, especially if it's running at, at, at 30 frames per second. Um, you don't have the luxury of having a VAT system to lean on when, you know, things get a little bit too frantic and crazy and, and their gunplay isn't as great, you know? Yeah, I I think there might be something. Could I just say side yeah, feel free I would to interject, kind yeah. of be a little disappointed. I, I, I would be a little disappointed if there's not a VATS-like thing because I love VATS. I think VATS is absolutely I love dope. it in general, I think it's what makes it was a crush in some ways too for the combat not being great. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. But I think it's what makes those a Bethesda game a Bethesda game is a, a Vats-like thing especially uh, I guess it's more Fallout but still at the end of the day I kind of want something like that because it just feels so them and if they completely go away from that and they focus on the gunplay of it I don't know if that would be as interesting even if the gunplay is fantastic mm-hmm. I don't know if that would be as interesting as you know having a VAT system or something yeah. like that but I and then to top it all off and my last point is for as big and as massive as this game is, and all the things you can do, you can fly a ship, you can hire a crew, you can go to a thousand different planets, you can do this here, persuasion system, all this. What is what is the objective of the game is my biggest question and concern. Because, again, with the scale and scope of this game being so massive, it's easy to kind of lose focus on what you actually want players to do. Do you want this to be an RPG or do you want this to be an astronaut sim? Because then it is very much a create your own story kind of thing. And there is no real through line, but it does seem like there is one. It seems like there is some type of thing going on that is anchoring this story. But what is that and how important is that if you want us doing two dozen other things that you've added in the game? Right. So I think that this game has the potential to be great but potentially unfocused as well so it's yeah. there's a lot of things that can go very right but i think the the game with the biggest room for error is unquestionably starfield and that's why i have to put it at my most concerned number one spot yeah yeah i think those are all valid i think one thing that i am not i won't say confident but i think that it's exciting for me is i feel like starfield could be the first game that has a very cool through line story that you can finish from start to finish about 40 hours let's say but it can also be the no man's sky of it like it you can also do those other things and do your own create your own story outside of the main uh main quest path uh and if they're able to pull that off without it feeling feeling unfocused and just feeling like a lived in universe and then you doing that and just being a small part of what you can do in that game i think that that i think that's super interesting i think that's what they've hinted at i don't think that they've done a good enough job to completely um yeah say that's what that is and then that comes the confidence level maybe they're not that confident they'll be able to pull that off the way they think they have pulled it off so we'll see i my 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 um my reasoning is still to say the same. I think everything you said is correct. I, I agree with yeah. you. I just think that I feel like they can't make this. This can't fail. And so, with that being said, I feel like okay, maybe they're 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 gonna do everything they possibly can to make this game be successful. But but we'll see what yeah. happens there. Um, my number one, and I won't I won't dwell too long because this isn't <laughs> exactly so a popular. 
<laughs> this is exactly like a popular um, game, and yeah. m- most of you don't know about it. And that's the sequel to a, a golf uh, golf story, which was, I mean, yeah, golf story, which was Sports Story. Uh, Sports Story is a game that was announced in 2019 uh, with a tentative date of 2020. Uh, what is it? 2022. Um, <laughs> I like how you looked at your computer to verify the year. Yeah, if I didn't know, uh, <laughs> like they've. Um, They've said that they've delayed the game because a lot of specifics about the game haven't become more than what they thought, specifically the tennis portion of the game. And so it looks like each sport is going to be its own story, which will come together or not. Um, I I appreciate that, um, <laughs> but I... <laughs> I don't need this game to be this expansive open world behemoth of a like it just feels like they're doing too much and I want them to do less. Do less, King. <laughs> do less. Like you 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 guys don't have to come in here and 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 flesh out each of these sports like I'm trying to play a sports sim. The fact that golf golf story what made golf story special was that it was simple. That it's Gameplay was matched by its level design, and it was a scary level. And so when you hit the ball, the ghost would move it somewhere else. Those are the kind of simple things that made this game great. Now, when they're talking about the games and the other sports being a little bit more uh, expanded, I don't want a realistic tennis sim. I don't want... Let me just jump in. For those of you who don't know what this game is, it is a 2D pixel art RPG with very yeah. humorous elements to it. It is not trying to be this stiff, yeah. stern, like sports sim type of experience. Um, and so that's why a lot of what Pablo's saying is so important because it's especially jarring that they're that they're putting the game on hold to strive for for this 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 realism or this, you know, expansion of, of content that it doesn't really need. Or detailed, you know? yeah. Yeah, it, it's not what this needs. The simplicity of Golf Story is what made it great. Yeah. And so I, I I, don't, like, I can't fathom sitting here firing up Sports Story and then seeing six, seven different sports, which each with their own storyline. That sounds exhausting. That sounds boring. I don't want to do any of that consistently. Throughout, even if each of those things are simple and just as simple as Golf Story, that's even worse because now I'm playing these very uh, uh, derivative sports games with little to no whatever when it comes to playing the sport and then just a story a basic ass story i mean how can you tell a sports story <laughs> the guy comes in and becomes the champion at the end of it like i, I what I'm are we the, doing here like I'm the sports wh- why are, champion yeah, well you know like a champion of that sport like i come in into the uh, to to the tennis open uh the the fictitious open and then at the end i win the the trophy i'm they're gonna do that five six different times over like i don't understand what they're doing here and i am completely shocked by the absolute silence of sidebar games nintendo not even nintendo pretending this game doesn't exist like they, it's pretend story they, they're pretending <laughs> this game does not exist like, you know, like do you mean switch sports what do you mean do you mean switch sports mario strikers what, yeah, are, you, what are you ta- what are you talking what about what? This, what? what is the what, sports what? sports story no, no no this is not espn this is nintendo 30 for 30 like, i, I <laughs> yeah this ain't no 30 for 30 get out of here i it's so weird because if you if you know about this game if you've heard about this game, you play Golf Story, you're probably hearing this like, oh, yeah, there's a sequel coming. And if you never heard about this game, you've not, of course you haven't, because not a single mention of it has come out since it, it, it they got announced. And every uh, Nintendo Direct, I'm waiting for this game, not even for a release date, just to be like, oh, an update on this game. And show nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Well, I, 
This game, I don't know if this game is ever coming well, out. I honestly think this game is not coming out. I was going to say, I don't think this qualifies for your list because I don't think it's coming out in 2023. Um, I don't think it's coming out, period. Might, like, they might have canceled just, this hoe. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, which is would be the biggest disappointment of them all, right? Story. Uh, but yeah, I'm saying like it becomes like it's it just a whole ass game about how we canceled <laughs> the game, and it's like uh, we shit. can't do it. I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, we can't do. It. We we bit off more than we can chew. How about uh, some golf story DLC yeah. where you play tennis with wow. the with the with a nine iron? Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. I, I want sports story to be great. I every day that passes, I lose confidence in that. I'm at the point now where if this game comes out, I might not even want to play it until I, well, I know that's for a sure. Face like, ball headed lie. You it, buy everything. It, <laughs> no, but it went from a must. It went from a must buy to a let's see, which is like you know, I which is crazy, but. Anyway, I digress okay. here. Um, that's my number one <laughs> most uh, game that I'm concerned for because I don't think it's real. I don't. I don't think it exists. Yeah. yeah. How the mighty have fallen. Uh, so, Pablo, I'm let's saying. go ahead and let's round out our 2023 games preview with one more category, and that is our dark horse pick of 2023. Now, this could be a game that doesn't quite have the backing or the the buzz that most games um, of, of high value coming out next year might have, but we just happen to have our eyes on these games and we're thinking these might be the secret surprise hits of the year, if not in terms of sales, then at least critically. So Pablo, um, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and jump in, if you don't mind, with my honorable mention. Yeah, I'll be really quick it. here. Uh, my honorable mention, as uh, Dark Horse pick, is The Expanse a telltale series uh this is a series that is available on amazon prime video it is an incredible sci-fi tv series yes, i am currently binging the hell out of it right now i think i'm on season four um it is a great show and it's such it's so rich with really good lore um that i'm dying to play this game every time they've shown this particular game it looks really good uh it seems to be hitting all the notes that i want as an expanse fan um this is very much a niche product uh for for people that know this series and are already into it so uh, that's why i think it's not going to get a lot of exposure even though a lot of people out there are fans of this uh series but I have a really good feeling this one's going to be a, a, a really fun, enjoyable game that could creep up and maybe be on the tail end of my top yeah. ten uh, next year. So that's why I got it on my list. I agree. I think it, and I think it lends itself to uh, to, to the telltale mm. formula for sure. Yeah. yeah. My honorable mention is a little different. I, I, I think this is a game that a lot of people have already written off, and it's a game that uh, most people pr- probably already kind of think it's like, eh, it's not going to do that well. It's just a, it's going to be fine. And I think it's Redfall. I, I definitely fall in that camp where I think that it's probably going to be fine, but I, there's also a part of me, based on my 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 uh, how much I like the studio uh, behind the game, that Redfall could actually turn out to be really a good game, a game that people actually are be surprised by a game that's actually really fun to play by yourself or a game that's even that works well with others it it, it has all the it has the potential to be a top 10 game of the year but unfortunately the way it's shown the way it's talked about uh and just kind of like the overall uh, temperature check at least for marco and i when it comes to what the studio has done lately um maybe falls under the category where it's like i don't think it's going to be great but I think it has the ability to be great and could be among one of my top favorite games of the year. Uh, so that's why it's under as an honorable mention as a dark horse for me. Cool, man. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I'm not an Arcane fan. I don't want to beat that dead horse, per se. Um, I have a lot of concerns about that game. It was actually one of my other possible dishonorable mention contenders. But, you know, yeah. I, I'm willing to see what they do with this. Uh, and if they figure out a way to make this PvE thing that has kind of been a little tricky for a lot of studios work, uh, then, hey, more power to Xbox for having a, a good multiplayer game that they can have in their Game Pass library because uh, they can use, you know, kind of a shot in the arm in that in that category for sure. Uh, but my pick for the Dark Horse of 2023 is a game called Stellar Blade. Um, this is... Um, Basically, a game that was formerly known as Project Eve. You may recall it was recently shown at the most recent Sony State of Play event, and it looks so, so good. Um, with the exception of the storyline and the dialogue, which sounds a little gobbledygooky, um, I actually think that this game looks incredible. I thought the combat looks like, um, you know, kind of taking some, some DMC, a little bit of Bayonetta, and just, you know, some, some general action game, you know, booms and bangs and, and, you know, extravagance. And it's really coming together in a way that's got me really excited about this, this, this game. Um, I, I think it's just been kind of flying under the radar. Um, and I have a feeling when this game comes out, it's going to get some, some pretty good attention uh, for how good of a game it is combat-wise. It, it just, and, it, and plus visually... I think this has a really nice next-gen sheen to it, in my opinion, which I think will capture some of the casual crowd that just wants, like, the looker kind of game. Um, so yeah. hopefully, if they can nail the combat, if they can put just a little bit of marketing dollars behind this game when it comes out, especially since Sony has publishing rights to it, I think, um, since it's an exclusive, you know, I would really like to see this game become the surprise hit of next year or one of them so i got celebrate on my list if you don't remember that game go check out the trailer on youtube and you might agree that this one actually looks like a banger uh in the making so that's my pick yeah hold on i gotta change uh my headphones here because the one died um my honorable mention i mean my uh <laughs> my dark horse game here is a game that completely uh, blew me away, and that's the Plucky Squire. Um, and for those of you who are not uh, familiar with this, this is a game that uh, it was at one of the indie showcases where it starts off like you're just two-dimensional, um, kind of over-the-top like an old Zelda game where you're actually in a storybook and you're running around and, to, you know, you have a, it literally looks like Zelda. You know, uh, you're, you're, you're swiping at enemies. Some of the puzzles uh, in-world are basically you taking a word and finishing a sentence and then moving on to the next section. And, and even in that, it looks really great. Like, it looks really cute, really interesting. Uh, I like that mechanic. I think it's it's the storybook quality of it. it looks absolutely incredible. But then there's a twist. You can actually completely jump out of the book itself and it's a whole, it's a 3D action adventure game at that point. And not only is it a 3D action adventure game, you know, you're in somebody's room, so all the uh, things that you see around look lifelike because you are in a real uh, world, quote unquote, environment, but you also use everything that's in that environment to actually play the game. So there's a thing that looks like a like a cookie canister. You can attach yourself to it, and it's like a 2D picture platformer, kind of like in the vein of uh, of um, the. Don't do this, <laughs> man. Why are you like this? The 
uh, cup, the cup Cuphead. game. Cuphead. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I have a bad. Wow. Bad memories. Bad me- bad brain. Have bad brain. Uh, so it looks a little bit in the vein of Cuphead and some of those things. It just looks. It looks like one of those games that almost don't look real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm fully. Ex- and I'm fully expecting the other shoe to drop in that it's like, uh, maybe it's not as ambitious. It is, it's, it's ambitious, but the execution isn't as good. But for all intents and everything that I've seen and read, they are very much like set on. This is exactly what you saw in that trailer. This is exactly how the game is going to play. And if that's the case, I, I wonder if this game is going to be a top five game of the year for me next year because it looks absolutely astonishing. I've never seen a game that looks like this. It looks absolutely incredible. Uh, and um, it's a game that nobody really knows much about. Ha- you Have you seen the trailer? I have, yeah. This was one of those trailers where I'm like, it was just constant like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Like, it was yeah. just n- nonstop. Like, man, this is a really fascinating looking game. Like, I at the very least, this is going to be in our best visuals and art style category regardless yeah, it, so yeah 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 because it looks absolutely yeah. amazing but i feel like this is a game that can really come out of nowhere because even though uh you know we've talked about it, it very very few people have talked about the plucky squire and it's very impressive uh showing so we'll see next year when uh all that uh comes out and see if we're right wrong if our concerns were placed in the correct games if our hype has disappoints us when when things have come finally come out We'll be here either praising Starfield or, or completely, uh, you know, Marco uh, trying to Meltdown. console me. Uh, yeah, so we'll we'll see here as time goes on. Next year's it's in a very it's a very exciting year. Next yeah. year when it comes to video games, so many great games coming. This doesn't even paint the picture of what it, you know of how many great games are coming in 2023. Is there anything else you want to add? Uh, here? I'll just say that we also in in tradition we will also have an episode where we give out open critic predictions to all of the 20 yeah all the big 2023 games coming out. So we'll keep you posted on when we do that as well. Because uh, we normally keep track of who you know ends up you know getting the most right or on the money and stuff like that too. So that's a pretty fun episode that you won't want to miss. But stay tuned for that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I guess that's it. I guess that's gonna wrap up this week's show. Until next time, don't forget. Uh, don't forget. Uh, <laughs> don't forget to, to give our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget to give our podcast a sub if you enjoyed this, and don't forget. Again, please do not forget. I I don't trust your Mm-mm. memory. You guys are insane people with bad memories, just like me. To follow us on Instagram and Twitter at its cooldown time, so we'll always be in your FOV. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. The game about cups. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Cuphead. We'll see y'all next oh, time. Yeah, that one. That one. Make me feel good.